Well, hello, everybody. It's Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? Yes, of course you do. It's time to talk about ghosts with me, Kevin Eustace, just like the intro says. How are you all doing, people? I hope you're all doing fantastically well. So what's new? Well, you will hear this week that I was a guest, a last-minute guest, on the wonderful Ghost Story Guys with Brennan. And uh, not with Paul, hence me being there, because Paul, unfortunately, has collared what me and Beck have just went through, coronavirus, because it's going around the UK like wildfire, baby. So best wishes to Paul, of course. We hope he's back all good and ready to go for the next episode. But for this episode, me and Brennan um, just have a chat. Yeah, we just have a chat about some of his almost precognitive dreams. And it was dead good. As usual, if we get together, we can chat for hours. And we did. And we recorded about an hour and 40 of it for your listening pleasure. So go and check out this week's release of Ghost Story Guys with me and Brennan when you get a chance. It's very good. Um, I think that should be out shortly, to be honest. It's already out on his Patreon, if you're a member of his Patreon. Go check it out. Anyway, what have we got in store for today? We have a plethora of paranormal goodness just for you. Yes, we do indeed. Some amazing stories. Of course, we're going to have Becca on her return from Corona Town. Um, she's going to come in and do her Reddit corner, as we've all missed. Yes, we have indeed. And by the way, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. A big thank you to everyone who reached out and said lovely things um, to me and Becca about getting better and stuff like that. And also, we found out, I forget who it was, so I do apologise because my phone's on the couch. Um... But one of our lovely listeners said that the neighbor's cat, when I mentioned that the neighbor's cat had been getting on our chests and purring very deeply, they pointed out that apparently, apparently, cats compare at a certain frequency, which is good for healing. So it turns out that the neighbor's cat was healing both of us with a deep, luxurious purrs. I'm sure Becca will mention that later as well. Um, so, yeah, let's just get into it. Well, of course, before we start the show standard, what we need to do is we need to say thank you to all of our new wonderful Patreons. So when you sign up for Patreon, not only do you get two extra shows each and every week, yes, you do. Um, one is a ramble where I just talk about anything, not necessarily paranormal, just what happened in the week. Yeah, it's kind of funny sometimes. And another is I attempt my, I do my very best to make it paranormal based. So Sunday just gone, we looked at the cases of Hans Holzer. And because Becca got me a Hans Holzer book, which is about 9 million pages long, I'm sure that won't be the last time we dip into that book. But yeah, and you get those, and you also get me singing your name out as a thank you. So head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And when you do, I sing your name as a thank you, just like this. The guitar is well and truly out. And we have five wonderful new patrons to thank today. We have Jeremiah Tim, Jennifer Ann, Tegan Goss, Jennifer Kern, and Jessica Bonham. And your thank you song goes like this. Oh yeah. Jeremiah, Tim, Jennifer Ann as well, Tegan Goss, Jennifer Kern, not to forget Jessica Barnum too. Once more, Jeremiah, Tim, Jennifer Ann as well, Tegan Goss, Jennifer Kern, not to forget Jessica Barnum too. 
ended it on a seventh, as we like to do here. Thank you very much, guys. Now, don't forget, if you want to support this little independent show, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. That's if you want to, of course. Well, why not? You deserve it. Anyway, should we have a paranormal review? Let's. Okay, what are we going to review today? Because it's the paranormal review where I review so you don't have to. And yes, that doesn't make any sense. But today we're going to discuss the review of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, there will be spoilers in this, so I would suggest if you don't want to know anything, you skip ahead, say, maybe two minutes. If you go two minutes and you hear any mention of Ghostbusters, maybe skip another 30 seconds, but you get the gist. Anyway... If you haven't seen it, I would suggest you go and see it. If you're a fan of the first two films, a lot of people pan Ghostbusters 2, but I like it. It's a bit of a classic for me, but go and watch it because it's dead good. It's basically in the same timeline as the first two Ghostbusters films. So we know that we had the Ghostbusters films where there was an all-female cast, and that was very good too, but this is within the world of Ghostbusters 1 and 2. So it's as if it's like however many years on. God, probably nearly 40 now. But you know what I mean? And um, a lot of people have panned it because they've said the storyline is just identical to Ghostbusters 1, as in they, again, try and fight Goza, the Gozerian. And there's the Gatemaster and the... There's the Keymaster and the Gatekeeper. Those two people are in it again. They both turn into dogs again. And there's a lot of similarities. And... Um, and, of course, they ask the infamous question, are you a god? And Ray says, yes. And everyone goes, well done, Ray. That's the only part of it. So it's dead good. So basically, the plot, without spoiling it, is Egon, for some reason, goes mad um, in the myth of the story. And he moves out to the sticks, and he buys this old dilapidated house. And he's going mad that the end of the world's going to happen, apparently. And then he dies. And his daughter inherits the house, and she can't afford to not live there because it's a free house and she moves with their kids and they find out all about their granddad and the fact he was a weirdo and they find loads of stuff like proton packs and all this and the ghost of Egon comes to help them all out and then they have to go and battle Goza along with Paul Rudd who by the way is an excellent cast excellent cast he's been casted excellently in that role um but yeah just dead good and uh the only downside to it and this is where like this is all spoilers really i suppose but the ghostbusters which i did want the original ghostbusters like bill murray peter venkman you know um i wanted them to come in at the end not at the end i wanted them to be in the film but i wanted them to be sporadically placed throughout which i thought was going to happen at one point they ring ray's occult the bookstore and ray answers the phone dan Aykroyd, and i thought that was perfect just like leave her at that or maybe have him deliver a book or do something else and then have Bill Murray being like a radio host on something or maybe doing a podcast. Do you know what I mean? Because he would be. But no, they decided to bring them all back in their attire um, and help defeat Gozer at the end, which I just thought was, it wasn't needed, to be honest. It was a little bit too much a doth of the clap towards the whole thing, the whole franchise. So for me, the ending was a bit naff. But the film itself, that doesn't take away from the film, which was fantastic. So anyway... Ghostbusters Afterlife, if you're a fan of Ghostbusters, go and watch it. In fact, if you've listened to this, you now don't need to. Sorry about that, guys. But I did say there were spoilers, didn't I? Anyway, two thumbs up to the sky for Ghostbusters Afterlife. 
And so it's time for my favourite time of the week. Yes, it is. Where we talk about your true paranormal experiences and find out just what a weird and wonderful world we truly live in. And our first email that we've had sent in today comes in from Noah. And this is an intense email, guys. It really is. And it's terrifying. Get on to this. So, I'm female, and I've always heard females can be more sensitive to the paranormal. I worked at USAA in Colorado Springs for two years. It was a 500,000 square foot building. It had an A building, B building, and C building. I work third shift janitorial in the building. I worked there when I was 19, and my first experience was terrifying. It was 12 a.m., and the lights were on a timer to shut off on the fourth floor, A building. It was still in my first week there, and I had to hunt down the light switches. It was a huge, open floor with short cubicles in neat rows. I was headed down the main walkway to the other side looking for a light switch. There's emergency lights on, but they are few and far between. All of a sudden, I see this hunched dog with red eyes and sharp fangs run across my path darting from row to row. A few nights later, my vacuum bag got full and I had to go back down to the first floor to get a replacement bag. I left the vacuum taken apart on the floor and it also has a fail-safe in to not work if there's no bag in. As I walked away, the vacuum just randomly turned on. I ran back over to it and unplugged it from the wall. Could be explained away as an electrical problem, but I have no proof otherwise except the rest of the stuff that happened. I hated to be alone on the floors. Shadows would follow me and papers would fall several rows away. Something was letting me know it was following me. One time a huge shadow came into the freight elevator with me from the fourth floor down to the first. I ran to swipe into the fitness center and they never followed me in there. It was like they couldn't pass the threshold and it was a safe place. Another night my ex-fiancé worked with me at the time and I sent him to go and do something in an old locker room and he told me that a hand touched his arm and he heard a female say thank you when he opened the door. Another night I was cleaning a set of locker rooms in A building on the first floor and I had both doors propped open and was going between the two rooms. All three faucets in the women's side turned on halfway all at the same time. I shut them all off and went to the men's side. All three faucets in there on halfway all at the same time too. And this repeated about three more times per locker room. There's no way a human could evade me and make those faucets all run at the same speed. I tried and it took way too long. Security guards and co-workers told me the building was built on an ancient Indian burial ground. I looked into it and couldn't find anything to back up what was said, but that would explain a lot. The entire time I worked there, different parts of the building were under construction, and I know spirits don't like being disturbed by renovations. I experienced the most in A building, which was the first one built, I think, in 1963 and C building was very active too. Something would happen every night. Sometimes it escalated. Sometimes it was just the papers falling. I was very depressed and oppressed during the time. I was being abused by my ex-fiancé and I'm sure whatever it was 
was feeding off my emotional unrest. I used to dread work every day, and when I finally quit, it felt like a huge weight was lifted from my shoulders. There was something with me that would keep most at bay and gave me a feeling of peace, but it wasn't there all the time. I'm now 25 and have had a few things happen since, but nothing that escalated like that. I've worked at hospitals in the area and all of that was extremely mild. When I hear some stories, my eyes well up and my body gets goosebumps. That's how I know when it's real, for lack of a better understanding. I don't know what I'm picking up on, but it affects me to my core. Thanks for reading, sorry it's so long. Noah, you don't need to apologise for the length of a story on this show. No, you don't. Oh my God, though. That is petrifying. It's interesting that you think either A, because there's two things going on there, isn't it? One is, it seems like the buildings are haunted. As you say, were they built on an old burial ground? We just don't know. But on the other side, oh, sorry, I've just hit a balloon and it's hit me in the head. Why do we have so many balloons in this flat? It's like fucking clown school. Anyway, um... Yeah, on the one hand, it's the buildings that are haunted. On the other side, it could be you that's haunted. As you say, I mean, horrific that you were going through an abusive relationship. I've been through one too. They're not enjoyable, obviously. Um, But people don't understand if you've not been in one just how emotionally draining and how long it takes you mentally to build yourself back up. So my hat goes off to you there. But it could be that something was feeding on that negative energy and that negative emotion. So maybe you yourself were either haunted or it was something that was emanating from you and having an effect in the physical world. Who knows? But thank you, Noah. What an amazing story to start us off today. So our next story comes in from Hannah. Hello, Hannah. And Hannah sent in stories previously. She says, hello. Hello. It's Hannah from, she said, she mentions where she's from, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give a full address out again. Um, she's from the North. Let's just say that. You read my story out about the water slash smoke in the corner. Yes, I did, Hannah. How terrifying. I want to tell you another story. Please do. This time about what I can only describe as an evil three-foot-tall entity. This was experienced by three of us on separate occasions. This is Hannah's small but terrifying email. The smallest bedroom overlooked the backyard on the front of the house. The window overlooking the front was right at the top of the wall, tiny with a very little vent in it. The bedroom had one of those high beds with a ladder with a desk under it, so your head would be level with the little window. I wouldn't normally sleep in this bedroom. However, in my bedroom, there was a very large spider running around, so I thought I'd just let it get on with it. All was fine and I was having a good sleep, but something woke me around 3am. The room was freezing. Something was standing looking up at me. I couldn't turn fully to look at it as I was frozen with fright. I've never experienced fear like that before or since. The type of fear where I was shaking with fright and sweating till my hair was sopping wet. I'm not sure how I knew what it looked like, but I could tell it was small and non-human. Now, no one had told me anything about this room, but after I told them what happened, my mother told me that this used to happen to her when it was her room. She went on to tell me that it was a small figure and that it gave off waves of evil and hatred. Again, the person whose room it was at the time said, yes, it happened to me as well. And it was a small thing which came in from the airing cupboard in the room. Both said they had to face the wall watching the sun come up through the little window. 
which is what I did that night. So this, whatever it was, was experienced by members of the family for at least 30 years. I didn't set foot in that room again unless I had to. I didn't look at the door when passing. That's how scared of it I was. Now, Hannah has another couple of stories quite short that we're going to go into in a minute. But I will say this and only this. If you haven't already, and this isn't me just trying to do a co-promotion thing, listen to the last episode of The Dark Paranormal. Because one of the writers in America experiences that a very similar thing. She refers to it as a leprechaun. But um, that's only a descriptor that she uses for it. But listen to the first story on The Dark Paranormal from last week. Because that's a bit eerie, the way it's this evil, menacing, small, non-humanoid creature. It's very similar in description. Check it out. Just got a bit of a chill thinking about it there. Yes, I did. Anyway, Hannah's next short story. And this is called The Pirate in the Outside Loo. Who uh, misses? When we were away, my cousin would come over to feed the chickens, bringing her small son. As you'd walk through the back gate, past the coal hole and the back door, you come to the outside loo. Walking past this, her son saw a man, dressed like a pirate, according to him. From what we can tell, he had a tricorn hat on and funny clothes. Just one of the many strange things seen here. That's strange, isn't it? Strange that the pirate army hearties, I'm just going for a poo. That's what he must have said, I think. Her next story is called The Numbers. Both back doors of the two houses faced each other over a hedge. My nan and her neighbour would be out there most days putting the world to rights. This was a summer's evening. It was still light and they were talking when all of a sudden, a man's voice started shouting numbers from a place in mid-air just by my nan. They both heard it as clear as their own voices. It wasn't my granddad as he was sitting down having a fag and there wasn't any men living next door. After a few minutes, it stopped. My granddad always said my nan should have written the numbers down and used them for the pools. I have loads of stories, personal and family, and I'm trying to round them all up to write them all down. Well, Hannah, please do. That is amazing. Oh, just so people know, the pools is known as a pools coupon. So basically, it's a gambling thing. So there would be a pools man in days of old who would come and knock at your door and you'd give him a quid. He'd give you a pools coupon. You would mark on it like when you think football matches would have draws or score draws. So like if Liverpool played Everton and it was two all, say that was number six on the sheet. Then you'd have like 6, 12, 14, 3, and blah, blah, blah. And if those matches all drew, you won the pools, which was a pool of money. Yes, just so we all understand when she says there, Grandad said we should have used those numbers for the pools. But anyway, can you think of any better description than voices coming from mid-air? Now, that's one of those things for me that's an authenticator. That means that that story is absolutely genuine because you wouldn't say that if you were making up a story. If you were making up a ghost story... At no point in your vernacular would you want to say. And the voice seemed to come from midair. And also, what did it say? If you were making it up, you'd say, it said, Brenda, Brenda, dig a hole and get the money. It wouldn't be 12, 14, 63. It's like um, a number station that you hear about from like Russia and things. But this is from the midair of a back garden in the northwest. Yes. D- 12, 
Seven. Sixteen. That's my northern accent. Says me being a northerner. Anyway, Hannah, thank you so much for those stories. They truly are terrifying. Shall we have some time with our favourite sceptic? I think we shall. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Reddit Corner with the one and only Rebecca. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. Okay, so here we are with the wonderful Becca. Hello, Becca. Hello. How are you feeling after coronavirus? I'm feeling better, thank you. Are you completely healed? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm Do- allowed outside again now, which is nice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like a criminal? <laughs> yes, yeah, on release, yeah. Are you on the tag? No, I'm just allowed outside now. I don't have to be back by a certain time. Hooray. Hooray. T- tell us a ghost story, Becca. Okay. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. This is a story from Keyshard3862, and the title is Knock, 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 Don't Answer, and then they've highlighted True Story, just so you know. Let's begin. A friend of mine's brother was possessed by a spirit. His mother had answered three knocks at the door in the middle of the night to find no one there. After this incident, my friend's brother, we'll call him H, started behaving very strange. H was a very energetic, bright, and active part of his family, until one day he became very distant, catatonic, and erratic towards his family. His brother would say that he had a dark and emotionless look to him, which he'd never seen in H before. Things kept getting worse, and the family were running out of options. So they went to the temple, as they were a family of Buddhists, and begged the monk to help. They agreed and set up a cleansing of their house to figure out what was going on. So one day the monks would come to the house to essentially do what's normally known as an exorcism, but through the Buddhist temple. The mother explained to the monks that she had answered some knocks on the door in the middle of the night. They asked the family if someone had recently died that they knew, and the brother told them that one of H's friends had committed suicide a few weeks earlier. The monks performed their ceremony and had determined that the friend, who had committed suicide recently, had come in spirit form and knocked on the family's door. When the mother had answered and opened the door, H's friend's spirit had latched onto him as he was someone he recognised and was familiar. When the ceremony had finished, the monks had coaxed H's friend's spirit from him into a bottle the monks had used as a vessel to capture spirits. They told the family the only way to fully get rid of the spirit is to release him somewhere on the street. So the mother took the spirit in the bottle and freed him in front of where the spirit's family lived. After the exorcism, H went back to normal and didn't have any memory of the past few weeks. He didn't recall any of the exorcism or any of his behaviour. Moral of the story is don't answer the door at night. Don't even respond to any knocks at all. If it's someone or something important, they would have called. Plus, there's nothing good on the other side of the door in the middle of the night. Stay safe, everyone. Wow. So there you go. So I, w- I wonder what, what would have became of Chard3862 and what his parents, Mr and Mrs3862, thought of the whole incident. I wonder. Um... I do love the one just to never answer the door because that's kind of after my own heart. I kind of agree with that, really. I, I'm is. all for never answering the door. So, yeah. It is. But what if you go out, get pissed and forget your key? Should I then be like, you could be a demon? Well, I would call, as it says, if oh, it was important. I would call. Point. Yeah, I would Tell drink. you what. I would drink. Chard3862, or whatever his name is, he's got all these yeah. avenues boxed off, hasn't he, really? Not to try and find a plot hole. Mm. but it's kind of saying, oh, this inexplicable behaviour, he's really down, really withdrawn, really quiet. And then a few paragraphs later, incidentally, his best friend's just committed suicide. 
could yeah. that be in any way related, do we think? Yeah. It's not as unprompted as was initially suggested. Yeah, is you it? can't say out of the blue he started acting depressed yeah. and then say, with his best friend killing himself a few days prior. Yeah, that kind of, that mystery isn't really as, I don't think we need the yeah. Scooby-Doo team for that one, do we? Oops, what, was that? what have you just broke? I don't know. Probably a balloon. So many balloons in here. It's like clown school. I said this at the start. There's one balloon. Two balloons. Where's the two, second? Oh, one balloon. What happened to that rainbow balloon? Now I want it back. <laughs> My clown school's falling apart. So yeah, there you go, Becca. What do you think about the idea of trapping it within a bottle? Hmm, seems a bit odd. And they just put it on the street outside his house. Yeah, that bit I didn't get. I mean, also, imagine. can you imagine, right? Yeah, I love you. Thanks. That works out quite well. Because we, we live together. But let's say if you died, right? Right. And a priest, because I'm a Catholic, not a Buddhist, knocked and said, you know why you're down? Becca's spirit's attached itself to you. I'm going to put it in this bottle, right? I'm, I'll be with him so far. Mm. And then he said, and then we're going to drive to a mum's. And we're going to just get out and empty this bottle in front of a house. Imagine your mum coming out and being like, Kevin, what are you doing? And me being like... Just dumping a spirit here. Well, Becca... Isn't happy in the afterlife, so we've trapped her in a bottle and we're just going to let her go in your garden. Yeah, I mean, it's the concern not that he's now going to attach himself onto the next first familiar person he sees. Yeah, but... And why did he turn up at the friend's house if he didn't know the friend was there? Because it says, oh, he attached onto the friend just because it was the first familiar face he saw. Well, how does he know to go to that house? Yeah, and also, where he says, don't answer the door. Well, if he didn't answer the door, what would he do? <laughs> would he just it's get off? The streets. Would he attach himself to a stranger? Who knows? Order an Uber. And be like, please take me somewhere else. I know it's a... Anyway, mm. thank you for joining me. You're welcome. I mean, thank you for allowing me to join you in your corner. <laughs> in Reddit Corner with Becca. Anything new that you want to report? Anything you want to say? You have um, been off with coronavirus and Christmas mm -hmm. and stuff, so... Yeah, no, I know. Um, no, I don't know. Not, not too much. I, I mean, I know it might feel like I've been away because of the coronavirus, but it also means I've couldn't go out anywhere or do anything or see anyone. So there's not a huge amount to report from that period. Yeah. I've already touched on, but I thought I said you'd probably mention it again. The fact that Sienna acted as a nurse, didn't she? Oh, it broke my heart. I mean, I honestly would have thought I couldn't love that cat anymore. I mean, and the neighbour's cat, sorry. Not, I don't cat. know who Sienna is, but the neighbour's <laughs> cat. The neighbour's cat. Honestly would have said I couldn't love her anymore. And then, so not only, so she sat on my, she came up and she sat on my chest for ages, mm. right? And she did this like three or four times in one day. She's really unusual. Like I do get chest snuggles often, but not like three or four times in one day and very, very rarely on the couch. Happens on the couch, but not often. Yeah. Um, and at one point she sat there, she's purring away and it was really loud. And I said to you, are you hearing this purr? And you were like, yeah, I know it's really loud. And the one of the last times she was sat there for ages and it's, you usually she comes up, she has a little snuggle and she gets off you and she goes about her business. She's a busy cat. Um, and I said, yeah, how long was that? And you were like, I know, yeah, that was so long. And then we found out that the frequency of a cat's purr can be very healing for yeah. humans. Cats know this. So not only did she know I was poorly, but she was trying to heal me, the little cutie. I was like, I oh know. my God, I can't bear how sweet that is. It is too sweet. It is far too sweet. And we should get her something as a thank you for trying to be a nurse. What could we possibly get her? Because she is spoiled rotten. Well, uh, I think what we could do, just to tie, so we don't ramble too much, we could get her a spirit in a bottle. And let what it, if it let attaches it... itself to it and well, she gets exactly. depressed? Well, she won't get depressed. She'll, she she'll be depressed? happy. She'll be playing with it. Well, the only story we have of this is that it went terribly for the person the spirit was attached to. Yeah, so but... It's an awful idea. Becca, if you know the family, 3862, they're renowned for being miseries. They're well, not like 4531 who lived on our street. Well, H wasn't. He was dead upbeat and really engaged with this family before this happened. Well, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
before he sadly lost his best friend. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, anyway. And then for some reason took a nosedive. Yeah, Isn't how it? bizarre. Mm. Thank you, Becca. You're welcome. I'll, we'll speak to you next week on Becca's Reddit Corner. On Reddit Corner with Becca. Reddit Corner with Becca. I knew I got it wrong, I just said it. Okay, bye. Bye. And there we have it. That ties up another lovely episode of We Need to Talk About Ghosts. Don't forget, you wonderful, beautiful, and dare I say sexy, yes, I say it, sexy people, um, that if you want more shows, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. There you'll get two extra shows each and every week. And also, if you're sat on a terrifying, doesn't have to be terrifying, it could just be slightly scary, paranormal story, then do email it in. The email address, as ever, is contact at talkaboutghosts.com. That's contact at talkaboutghosts.com. And um, yeah, when you send them in, I read them out for that, in its essence, is how the show works. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. It was nice to have Becca back on the show, not feeling the effects of coronavirus again. And everything seems to be all tickety-boo. And that also means that we're the most immune we'll probably ever be in regards to coronavirus. So right now, we're basically immortal, as one of us gets hit by a bus. Okay, then, beautiful people, I shall speak to you on Monday of next week. Unless you're a patron, in which case I'll speak to you Wednesday for a ramble. Tatty, bye. (laughs) 